In today's show, we're recapping Tuesday's three games, looking at waiver wire moves, updating on the news around the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and Substack JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100.00. With the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's get into the news. A little bit to talk about. Oh, actually, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right, just updating some things from the What to Watch For show earlier today. Ingram is out. Herb Jones is doubtful, so basically out. So those guys are going to be out again. Another big, opportun- a big opportunity for Jose Alvarado. They're in New Orleans, an opportunity for Dyson Daniels again as well. Some extra minutes for deeper leagues for Najee Marshall. More usage for Zion Williamson. And of course, a huge, huge, minutes, huge minute load for Kenneth Murphy III. So that's what that is. John Isaac, I'll say his name now. We've got a legitimate update on him. And he's being assigned to the G League. Does this mean he's returning to the NBA is coming soon? I guess it means it's coming sooner. But I don't know that it's going to be happening any point in the next week or two. I'd expect at least a few weeks for him down in the G League. And the question's always going to be, is he worth grabbing? I I think there's two ways of answering that. Do I think in the end it's going to be worth it? No, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to play... 25 minutes. I don't think he's going to play in enough games. I don't think he's going to be the same level of player that he was before he took two and a half years off for an ACL injury. I don't think any of those things will happen. There is always a possibility. I'm not ruling it out. There's always a possibility that it happens, but I don't think it will. But that's also a different question versus should I add him or should I try it or should I stash him? Because that's very individual dependent. What sort of spot are you in? Have you got, are you holding Rob Williams? Are you waiting on somebody else who's injured? Lamelo Ball? That we don't have a... T- you got Cade Cunningham? Then adding a John Isaac to that mix isn't good for you because you're already struggling with injuries. You're adding another zero who might not pay off in the end. But if you're flying, you're at the top of your sta- standings, you've got no one in IR or someone in there, like I say, a Tyrese Halliburton, who's probably going to come out of it as of tomorrow. Then adding an Isaac and seeing what happens, even though I don't think it's going to work out, it's not really a risky move. We are still, we're transitioning between go hard streaming mode versus talent acquisition mode, which is where we are in the season. Normally that go hard streaming mode really starts to kick in in January where you're taking flyers on guys and waiting for the breakouts and that. It's sort of done. We're just making injury ads and, and making trades at that point. We're sort of, each week I talked, I was on Dan Bespris' show early today and we talked about it. And I think every week that you go along, the importance from acquiring lottery tickets, high upside, top 100 potential players to let's maximize wins right now. Every week we move forward in the season, that priority shifts more towards streaming. We're not at that full streaming zone yet, but we are eight weeks in. And if you've lost six weeks out of the first seven, 
and then you're going to add an Isaac with multiple injuries who might not give you anything for the next three weeks, and it's not going to be worth it for you. It might pay off, sure, but if it pays off, what does it pay off to get you? Like, not into the playoffs, probably. I know it's a lot of time talking about Johnny, but he was a guy that was like a top 30 fantasy player before he tore his ACL because of the high, massively high steals and high blocks. And that's really what it's going to come down to for him. So is there, there's never, in most fantasy, there's never a right or wrong answer. There's never a clear-cut answer as to whether he is an ad or not. It's at least worth a look. But I haven't even discussed the guys in front of him. Wagner, Bunkero, Carter. Some might say Bowl. Like all these guys are ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, maybe not bold, but perhaps bold. And that just makes that upside really hard to achieve. Norm Powell will be out for the road trip. So that's a few more games for the Clippers. They are on a back-to-back, and John Wall's going to sit out tomorrow's game, meaning um, that we're probably not going to... That's for Wednesday's game. That means that Wednesday, or Thursday, we're not going to have Kawhi play. No report as to whether Paul George will play on that Thursday, but I think there's a risk that he um, sits that one out. So just be aware of that with the Clippers this week. And the Warriors are resting a bunch of their guys. Uh, Wiggins is out again, but he's going to be joined by Steph, um, by Draymond as well, as they are just you know still counting the toll of playing so many minutes for so many of their guys. You can see that last game, Steph sort of wearing down. The shots weren't falling. Um, Clay is going to play because he's already been resting games, but Wiggins, Curry, and Draymond are all going to be out for the Golden State Warriors for their game on Wednesday against the Utah Jazz because then they're back on Saturday. So that's just a really long extended rest for those guys. And they're back again on Saturday at home against the Boston Celtics. Let's look at the most added players in fantasy over the last 24 hours. Number one is Andrew Nempard, up 23%. We've been on that one for a little, little bit of time, a few days there. You add him, don't drop straight away when you hear Halliburton's ready because he put up okay numbers with Halliburton there. So we'll see where how that goes. Dennis Schroeder's up 18%. I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt and suggest that it was just for the streaming value of the Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back, and in, more importantly, the low-volume Tuesday. Um, he's not a long-term 12-10 league guy. Jose Alvarado's up 18%. There's a little bit of chasing with that because he's not going to do what he did last game. But with Jones and Ingram out again, he still can be useful enough. Um, Adrian Griffin Jr. up 16%. I like that ad. Dan Gafford up 11 Don't know what's going to happen with him, but it's been very interesting to see the difference and change in approach from Wes Unsell to play him and Porzingis together. So I like it. Lonnie Walker up 9%. Again, fingers crossed that's for the back-to-back. He stunk again today. Sadiq Bay up 8%. Maybe that's a back-to-back, but in the last two games, the Pistons have played their bench a lot more, and Bay has taken advantage of that. And Joe Harris up 7%. That's a nice streamer with Ben Simmons out. I don't. Ex- Simmons should be back Friday. I don't expect Harris is going to maintain value when Benny does return. Your most dropped players in fantasy um, over the last 24 hours. Number one is Lil John Concha. Okay. Down 14%. Both him and Jar are off the injury report, so they'll be back on Wednesday. Conchar is he's probably is worth having, but I wouldn't necessarily prioritize it if he was dropped. He's fine, but I wouldn't prioritize it. Uh, TJ McConnell down 13. Yep, he shouldn't be rostered. Pokiszewski down 13. You know what's going to happen. He's going to play 28 minutes on Wednesday. He's going to go out there and get 15 and 8 with two blocks, two threes, and four assists, and two steals, and just look ridiculously good. That's just what he's done nearly all season, but it's been like a three-game little stretch here of some real struggles for Poku. So, uh, yeah, he's a tough one. I I do think he's a drop, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but also if you decided to hold him for one more... You know, the upside's too tantalizing. KCP down 12%. While I do think the KCP is a long-term drop, probably wouldn't have dropped him just before today's game. Justice Winslow down 10, easy drop. Grayson Allen down 9, easy drop. Zach Collins down 8, 
easy drop, but they have a Thursday-Saturday quality game pseudo back-to-back. I don't know if Pirtle's going to play, but he might be worth grabbing for that. And then Pat Williams down 7%, and Javante Green is doubtful, so Williams likely gets a boost and another start on Wednesday. I wouldn't call him a priority by any means, but there is an opportunity for some bigger numbers coming his way again. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy. Simple. It's not daily fantasy with salary caps. It's not daily fantasy going up against thousands of people. It's you versus projections. That's it. The individual daily player projections. Christian Wood, six and a half rebounds. Do you go over or under? Well, put that in your lineup and figure it out. Nikola Jokic, 25 and a half points. Do you go over or under? Figure it out. Put it in your lineup. You can do up to six of those individual player projections in one lineup between two to six, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. It's fast. It's easy. 60 seconds or less, and... It's available in over 30 U.S. states and in Canada. It's not just basketball, though. You can do the NFL, NHL, college basketball, college football, disc golf, PGA, cricket, soccer, MMA, boxing, basically any sport you can think of. So download the PrizePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Let's go to the first game, the Detroit Pistons. They get it done against the Miami Heat, who were without Jimmy Butler. And yeah, the Heat are struggling. They're what, two to three games under 500? Hasn't been great for them at all. There's been significant injuries to Butler and a lot of their players all season, yes, but that's sort of the that's sort of the story with Jim these days, isn't it? They win at 116-96. That was a blowout that really blew out in the last five minutes or so. For the Pistons, their bench was what got it did. Got it did? Jesus. No, what got it done? We'll talk about the starter who was great, and that was Boyan Bogdanovich. 30 minutes, 31 points, 7 threes, 5 assists, and 3 steals. Started out the season red hot, fell way off, and he's red hot again inside the top 30 over the last week. We know the drill. Like, if you can get top 50, you trade him. If you can't, you ride it out. But their other starters struggled. Killian Hayes, 6 points in 23 minutes. He still had 6 assists, but shot 25%. Not a good game for him. He was the only piston, apart from someone else we'll talk about in a second, who was a negative. Um, Jaden Ivey, just 26 minutes. His percentages are becoming a real problem for fantasy. 10, 2, and 3, 33%. Like, this is part of the issue why I was down on him as a fantasy prospect was the low steal rate, low assist rate, low three-point volume, low shooting percentages. And we're starting to see that play out. Is he a drop? I wouldn't in a points league. I'd definitely keep him in a points league. Um, he's top 100 in a fantasy points league this season. But in a category league, you've got to weigh up whether these negatives hurt you too much. We had Marvin Bagley, played 19 minutes, had four points, four rebounds, shot 33 from the field, didn't attempt a free throw. He was the only player with a worse plus minus than Hayes at minus nine, and he remains, honestly, he remains who, who we thought he was. This, this is Marvin Bagley. This is the guy that I criticized the Pistons for signing for $40 million guaranteed. This is the guy that I criticized the Pistons for starting. This is the guy that I criticized the Pistons for trading for. I do not believe he is a very good NBA player. He took some steps forward in his first few games this season and his efficiency was up. But one of the things I did tweet out about that was saying everything else is basically the same for him. He's just shooting 10 percentage points higher. And now he's not. And he looks bad out there and he gets benched continually. He is now what? Outside the top 140 over the last week. He outside the top 100 for the season. He was getting by on some really good numbers. But we needed to see that for more than six games. And we've let it run a couple more games, and it's back to the old Bagley. The fact that he is starting at center gives him 
a little bit of cachet to hold on to, to be a rostered player. But this is Marvin Bagley. He sucks on defense, so he will get benched. He is inefficient with his shots. He's not a great finisher. He's not a long-range shooter. He's not a passer ever at all. So I don't look at this as a like a no-brainer, absolute guarantee of him being good because he's not. Jalen Duran, not much there from him. In fact, pretty bad. Four and four in 18 minutes. He's a drop. He's, he would have been just a luxury stash, but he's a drop. While Alf Stewart didn't do much either. 11 and 11 for him. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. I think I would rather Stewart over Bagley, but they're both back-end players. As for Duran, I just wish they would start him and see what he could do, but that's not going to happen. But let's talk about the bench guys because they were good performances. Corey Joseph, yeah. 11, 2, and 5 in 25 minutes. I don't think we need to care too much about that, but we can care a little bit about Alec Burks. Alec Berg. 18 and 9, four triples in 22 minutes. Now, the 22 minutes is probably more indicative of anything. He had 32 usage here, which is just not a realistic amount. But when you're looking for points on a day like today, Burks can be that guy. And then Sadiq Bay for the second straight game played pretty well. Now, he wasn't dominating. 14, 3, and 4 is okay. 31 minutes is, is encouraging. Three steals is great, but he still shot 40%. So I don't think this is him being back. I also, again, getting 31 minutes required 23 from Hayes and 28 from Stewart and 19 from Bagley and 26 from Ivy and basically all starters apart from Bogdanovich being under 20 minutes to get Bay that playing time. And he had played under 20 minutes for two consecutive games. I don't mind if you want to add him. I don't think it's necessary 100%. I think there's a little bit of outlierness with these games, but we'll find out, won't we, as we move forward. The Heat were without Jim Butler. So Max Struess, the Winter Soldier, moved back in and was underwhelming. 11 points in 30 minutes, three threes, two assists and a block. But we know that we've got the Heat guys on our roster because of their four quality game week. Now, two of those are done, but they play Thursday and Saturday. And after that, I reckon Struess can go. And the same probably goes for Caleb Martin, who had three and three on 14% shooting. He had been playing a little bit better than this, or much better than this, but I don't think he's a long-term solution for you. Hero was great, 34-3 and six, while Kyle Lowry only had the eight points. Double cheeked up. On a Thursday afternoon. On 17%, but six rebounds, six assists, and five steals. Adebayo, not a surprise to see his usage rise with Butler out. 21 and 15 on 32 usage. Bad from the line, and we see him sort of shrink away when Jimmy Butler plays. It's a pretty common thing. Haywood Highsmith played a lot. That's interesting, 28 minutes, but missed every shot. He had been an okay source of defense, and of course, he contributed to zero defensive stats here, which is an L. He's a deeper league stream guy at the moment. While we got the return of Victor Oladipo. He's going to be on a minutes restriction for a while. He scored seven of his nine points in the final term, but 19 minutes, nine points, 33%. Much like with Jonathan Isaac, you have to ask yourself, are you in a position to deal with what's likely to be not a useful player for a long time, if at all? And I don't really see Oladipo being able to crack in ahead of Hero, Lowry, or, or um, Butler. Now, maybe he jumps ahead of Struess. Maybe he gets minutes ahead of Martin but they play sort of different positions. So I wouldn't look at Vic. I'm sure when we look at waiver ads tomorrow, he'll be one of those guys who gets added a lot because people know the name. But I am really very far from being convinced that he is an absolute no-brainer 12-team league ad. 16 teams, sure. Maybe 14 teams, I could see it. But I don't really think it's going to happen uh, outside of a few isolated games in a um, in a 12-team format. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, the World Cup, esports, it's all that. 
betonline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So if you want to go look at the NFL for next week, we've got the Chargers hosting the Dolphins, SoFi Stadium, but they're three-point underdogs. Is Justin Herbert going to lose another game to a better quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa? We'll see. You can check those odds all over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you. Thank you. No, don't forget. That's the word. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the second game. And again, disappointment. We had a nice game on, on Tapia. Cavs, Lakers. Cavs win at 116-102. Anthony Davis leaves after eight minutes because he was sick. He had a fever before the game. Tried to play and had one point in eight minutes. They play again tomorrow, so you'd have to consider his status is a little bit in doubt for that one. And that means that maybe there's stream value in the tank Tom Bryant. 19-9 in 28 minutes for Tom Bryant. But let's get this clear. Tom Bryant is a guy that just won't play most nights. Now, someone asked me today, hey, is it a luxury stash to have Tom Bryant in case Anthony Davis gets injured? And yes, but really heavy influence on the luxury because unlike a luxury stash of, say, Atari Eason or even a Jalen Williams where they're producing, say, 14-team league value, but if you hold in a 12-team, there is upside to get better, but they're still giving you something. Davis, oh, sorry, Bryant might give you zeros for a long time. That's the ultimate luxury. And then if Davis does get hurt, which we hope doesn't, I don't really like doing that, holding, waiting for an injury, but then he would have great value. But it is something you could consider, especially even for tomorrow if Davis sits. LeBron had 21 and 17. It's a wild stat today that LeBron has never had a 20 rebound or 20 assist game. I think he had 15 rebounds at halftime in this one. Westbrook was not great, but good on the percentages, 46 and 80, but 16, 3 and 3. And then um, Dennis Schroeder, 16 points, one rebound, zero assists. He got a little bit more usage with Davis out, but I honestly do not see Dennis Schroeder as being a 12-team league player. I also, I, I don't see it with Lonnie Walker. Hello. Seven points in 25 minutes for Lonnie. Zero threes, three assists, 30% shooting. He's a scorer who was getting by on numbers who was significantly higher than anything he'd done in his career. It's starting to fall off. He's losing minutes and touches with Schroeder around. And I, look, hold him because you got the back-to-back for Wednesday. I do think that he is going to be a 12-team droppable player. Austin Reeves had eight points in 26. He's not a long-term hold either, unfortunately, while Beverly had five points and Troy Brown had five. For the Cavs, um, Jared Allen returned, played 38 minutes, and he was amazing. 24 and 11, three steals and a block. It did help him that Davis wasn't there, but that's great. But the problem now is Allen back, Mobley dropped off. <sighs> Mobley had been playing really well, but this was not good. He was, I think, top 30 over the last week before this game. Ended with 7 and 12 with a steal and a block. Took only six shots and played only 30 minutes. Now, he was in foul trouble, so let's grant him that. But he still got to 30 minutes. Garland had 21 and 11. Well, Don Mitchell was great. 43 points for the Don. He's Don. He's good. Four triples, six rebounds, five assists, and four steals and shot 63%. Whenever he has these games, I'd always try to trade for a top 15 player if that's possible at all. Levert stunk seven points for Dracaris. Dracaris. Four assists in 23 minutes. Really no justification for him to be a 12-team league guy as we move forward. Well, Lamar Stevens had two and seven, and the Discman had six on 10 shots. Chetty Osman in those 23 minutes. Kevin Love went to the locker room. We don't know why. He never returned. He played nine minutes. He's a streamer for their low-volume days, but he is not, in my opinion, again, a long-term 12-team league option. There's just so limited upside in what Kevin Love does that you stream him on volume days like this. It bit you in the ass today pretty clearly but you stream him on these days and then uh, you move on and grab someone else to stream for other days. That's how I view Kevin Love. Let's go to the last game of the day, the Mavericks and the Nuggets. 
The Mavericks survive a comeback by the Nuggets to win it 116-115. Luka, 37 minutes, 22, 10, and 12. He was good at his free throws, 8 and 9. Unfortunately, he shot just 29% from the field. He remains the number one player for fantasy points leagues this season. Um, and dropping a little bit in category, still a top 10 guy, probably top five, you know, if you're dealing with the right punts and things like that. Timmy Hardaway is absolutely on fire. Now, this is a must-add player, but also a huge sell-high player. It's probably not going to happen, so you just enjoy what you're getting out of him. But if you could, like the run he is on, he's a top 50 player over the last week. It's just not going to stick. 29, six triples, three steals, but more importantly, 58% shooting and... 12 free throw attempts. He was also 9 of 10 from the line until missing too late. Like that sort of level of usage and free throw attempts and shooting is just not a combination you're going to get all the time from Hardaway. Should he be rostered in a 12-team league? Yeah. But usually he's an inefficient points and threes option and that's it. You're also boosted here by the steals. So yes, we roster him everywhere. We understand there's going to be a drop-off. If someone believes in him long-term, unlikely, but if they do, you're very receptive to that deal. Otherwise, you just enjoy it, and then maybe you drop later on, or maybe you don't. With Hardaway elevating, Dinwiddie is struggling a little bit. 13-2-7, and seven, and he's really showing some of the limitations in his overall fantasy game. A putrid rebounder, a low steals and threes guy. He did hit six of his free throws here, but he is now back outside the top 120 over the last week, and he's, after a really hot start, starting to push back towards that 100 to 130 sort of a zone. The Crucifix played 27 minutes. Christian Wood, solid. Like, nothing great, but solid. 15 and 6, two steals, a block, great shooting. It's, it's solid. Still not pushing to big minutes, but we hope for a little bit more. thought Maxi Kleber was nice with 9 points and a block, and Powell had 8 and 7 with a steal and a block, but there's not really much else there, apart from Josh Green, who was great last time we saw them yesterday, and then had 2 points on 17, 17 minutes. Like, he's a streamer for steals, but that level of efficiency, and even those minutes, are probably a little bit not likely to continue much. Still no Kemba. For the Nuggets, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, played 30. He had 20 points. He had five triples. He had five assists. He had two steals. He had a block. Just one of the best games, probably the best game of his career. Before today, he was the 302nd-ranked player over the last week, and he's outside the top 100 for the season. So to say this is probably not in line with what he's done this year would be accurate. We know he's got the talent. We know he's got the high usage, but he's been inconsistent, and he was played behind Ish Smith last game. Now... I've been critical of Dr. Michael Malone a lot, and I thought playing Ish Smith and playing Davon Reed were incorrect decisions. And he'd been doing it for a little bit of time, but he made the call. Bones came back in over Ish, and Christian Brown played over Davon Reed. Brown actually played towards the end of the game as a defensive wing stopper. Five points in 16 minutes. He's not a fantasy option, Brownie, but it's good to see him back in that rotation. Speaking of Brownie, Bruce, the shark. Baby shark, did was a bit of a quiet game for Bruce until he hit a couple of massive shots late. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 2 triples. He's a must-roster player until further notice. Look, until Porter comes back and then we reassess. But he is that guy that we've talked about a lot. Someone gets hurt, Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon. Shit, maybe even Jokic. Probably not Jokic. But he's going to start and play 30 minutes if one of four different starters get hurt. That is huge upside in him. There's not many of those players who can fill in at four different positions and will be the first guy called to play those minutes whenever one person misses. So if you say all of those starters miss, say on average 10 games, that's at least 40, 30 plus minute starts for Brown. And when you're talking about Murray and Porter in particular, and even Gordon, you're probably looking at 15 games missed for those players. So you're talking about some pretty significant starting opportunities there. 
Jokic was a little bit quiet, but 19-8, and that's still good. While KCP played through the wrist issue, 12 points, two triples, two steals, two, uh, and one block. It was actually a nice Richie Benno for him. Two for two, two, two. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. Good numbers there. Bad night for the headmaster, Jamal Murray. 11 points, didn't hit a three, 18% shooting, and had foul trouble. Some of that allowed Bones to play that extra playing time. Don't be too worried about Jamal. He was starting to figure it out and get back to his best. He's not quite there yet. This was just a disappointing night for Jamal Murray. Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous does go to Don Mitchell in Cleveland. The waiver wire line of the night. Finally, I didn't even talk about him before. I should have mentioned him. Dorian Finney-Smith. What did he do? 19 points with five threes and three steals. A great streamer. That is what he is. On these low-volume days, you stream him. He stinks most times, but you always want to take that opportunity to grab someone who's playing 35 minutes a night when there's hardly any games going, and that's what he did. So sorry for not mentioning that before, but I, now he's the waiver wire line of the night. The young gun of the night is the big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, while the dud is the headmaster, Jamal Murray. Top 10 players today. Number one, Donovan Mitchell. Two, Boyan Bogdanovic, Tyler Hero, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Bones Highland, Jared Allen, Tim Hardaway, Darius Garland, and Bruce Brown Jr. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Finney Smith, we just talked about that. Tom Bryant, might stream him tomorrow. If Davis is out, yes, we stream him in. Number three is Dwight Powell, no thanks. Alec Burks is a low-volume streamer for points. Corey Joseph, no. Maxi Kleber, no. Troy Brown, absolutely not. Patrick Beverly, nah, it's like 16-team leagues. Damian Jones, Look, that's just because of the Davis situation. So I guess in deeper leagues, you might want to have a crack there. And Dennis Schroeder, is he? Oh, yeah, he's rostered under 50% of leagues for a reason. But look at these guys who are ahead of him. He's just not very good. He is a streamer for low-volume days, and he is not a 12-team league player. For points leagues, we're looking at Mitchell at one, then LeBron, Doncic, Allen, Hero, Bogdanovic, Garland, Hardaway, Jokic, and Aaron Gordon. And that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.